Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is another edition of the Sunday Card right here for you. Dan Zampano with my partner in crime, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silbreth. It is summer. It is the offseason. We are in our summer edition of this show, and that means one thing. We're ranking positions, baby. Positional group rankings, division by division. We gave you the AFC East last week. We're giving you the AFC North this week. A lot of difficult decisions to be made with this division because there are very similar positional groups uh, all throughout, so it'll be a lot of fun. Quarterbacks, running backs, pass catchers, defense, and coaching. We'll go through it all with you today. But first, Maddie, big game five tonight in the garden, Rangers Lightning, Eastern Conference Finals. How are the nerves? We're getting up there. You know, really wanted to be able to take one of those two opportunities to come up, uh, come home three to one for game five, but dropped it in game three and game four. They just got beaten up up and down the ice. Uh, every line got beat up and down the ice that game. So got to be better. Got to hope that they're just better at home, which they have been. Haven't lost a home game since the very first game of the playoffs this year. So just got to hope they got some energy. All the boys are supposed to be going tonight. Nobody's out. Strom's back. Heedle's back. So mm. get the lines back set. Like that was also a big problem game four. No Strom. Juggle up all the lines and they just, they just weren't going. So get the lines back to where they need to be. Uh, the ones that have been working to get us to this point so far. So all I can ask for is a healthy lineup. If the home crowd ever had a moment to get it done, it would be tonight. I mean, just rock and roll at MSG. It's been a long time coming since uh, the Rangers were last in the finals and in the Eastern Conference finals against those Lightning a few years ago in the loss. So uh, going to be a great time, going to be a great rest of the series. I mean, thinking about it, where I was talking to a buddy today, he said he's been the only Long Island guy I know down here in Virginia – and he was saying, we got to win tonight. If we don't win tonight, I think it's over. And he's just, it, it's, it's a lot of nerves with New Yorkers, and it goes all the way down here. I mean, we couldn't have been higher after game two. And mm -hmm. then right now, I feel like we have no chance at all. So it, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I got to just hope that they play a lot better at home <laughs> and just have that home energy behind them because they just looked so flat last time. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, we've, we've come a long way since the game two ended, and I thought, we were marching right through the finals. I thought lightning were dead. So, but two time Stanley cup champions, pretty freaking good. If you haven't heard. So uh, just got to get it done tonight and just take another lead on the series. I hate playing from behind, but from behind down three to two of the past two series, three to one, the first one. And I just can't elimination games. Just kill you. Oh man. It's going to be gut wrenching all night long. I, I, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for those Rangers. It'll be great, great theater. Uh, let's get your mind off it, though, a little bit. How shall we? Yeah, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. The NFL is still king, as we know. As great as the NHL is and as great as those NBA finals play are have been so far, I wish Lewis was here so we could talk about it, but that's okay. Uh, let's get to the league. Let's get to the NFL. And before we get to our positional rankings, thought it would be kind of interesting to just take a look at some of the veteran free agents that are still available. Most people don't know, like, there's a lot of good guys still out there on the market. Some good offensive linemen. We've seen uh, today, I think I saw Lou's favorite player, Riley Reef, is taking a, a, uh, a visit to the Jets, actually, which would be amazing for Fantastic. Lou. It'd be an automatic jersey buy. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that, that was an interesting case. I think Dwayne Brown is also out there on, on the list of left tackles. But we decided 
uh, this week to do a little bit of an exercise. We took five of the best players that are left in veteran free agency, and we're going to put them on teams where we think they should go, right? Like put your GM thinking cap on, let's go. Yeah, let's make a signing. Let's go out. Let's hit the phones and let's see if we can knock out a deal. Okay, beautiful. We got two wide receivers on this list. We have three defensive players on this list at all levels. So let's begin. Let's start with uh, let's start with Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers out there on the list. Obviously, we know how good he was a few years ago with New England and then going to Detroit. Now he's out there kind of wandering. Where do we have him going? I mean, you said it right there. I don't want to be too boring, but I think that this signing kind of calls for a homecoming. I think, you know, I think, I think him getting back onto the Patriots wouldn't be a bad thing. Add some more oh. defensive end depth. Uh, you know, we saw Judon had his moments last year, but you know, as far as his ability, it just as just a pure edge rusher, I mean, flowers is a little bit of the same thing, but I think that going to play into the heavier front line, you know, playing in a heavy set where he's, he's got more one-on-one matchups with the offensive lineman versus, you know, three down. So I, I think that maybe new England's a good spot for him to come in, he was playing his best football there. You know, he only had seven and a half sacks over his three years in, in Detroit. And he had 20 and a half in new England over his, over his time there. The reboot scares me because we just rebooted Kyle Van Noy. We rebooted Jamie Collins. Like we're trying to get the reboots out and get some younger guys to play, but I don't hate it. Like he knows the system. Okay. I can get behind it. I just wish we had the money to pay him. That's the only thing, but uh, what can you do? I actually put him as much as I hate to do this. I put him with Kansas City. I thought Kansas City would be a really good spot for him. A, it's affordable. B, 29th in the league in sacks last year with the Chiefs. Not a good pass rush at all. And you, every team in their division got better at this position, the pass rush. I mean, every team has two guys. And, yeah, you got Chris Jones and Frank Clark. You add one more guy, like a veteran like Trey Flowers, to Carl Loftus, who they already drafted in that first round. Let him, you know, kind of play behind Trey Flowers or at least learn from him and come up. Also. Every team got better at quarterback. Broncos got better at quarterback. Carr and the Raiders, they got better at receiver. You know, the, the Chargers are who they are. You need to pass rush. Every other team in this division can do it. I think you got to go for it. I would put them in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, they need all the defensive investment. I mean, they can get, obviously, they, they invested heavily in the draft. It's like they took like five or six corners in the draft. They, and the other ones, they they picked defensive line. So, again, I think they're they're, they're fine with the offense, and they, they got their – "Quote unquote replacement for Tyreek Hill. Nobody's going to fill those shoes right away, but definitely could see him going to Kansas City and them just adding again, adding depth on that defensive line for for a season long run." Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's move to safety position. Here's a guy, Landon Collins, that you know I think he had a great beginning of his career and he's been moving kind of in throughout in Washington, in the Giants. You know, he's been in a lot of couple different places. Where would you put Landon Collins, a team that needs a safety? You went Collins with him. Here's a guy, uh, but <laughs> um, I, I did a double Thanks, Al. Uh, let me slide in here. Uh, you mentioned it. I mean, the guy's been kind of making his way around the NFC East. I think the Philadelphia Eagles, it's one of their biggest glaring weaknesses is at, is at the safety position. They, they had James Bradbury. Again, another guy bounced around the NFC East, steal him away from the Giants. You go and you could take, take Landon Collins away from the commanders now and, and add him back there. I mean, that's, I would say if you're looking at their defense now, like we like what they added. Um, in the draft, and we said that the Bradbury signing. So, at, adding a guy, you know, good run stopper back there. I think that he just stays on the East Coast. Wow, we were this close. We were this close to having the same team because I got him going to Dallas. <laughs> I, I got him uh, in Dallas because <laughs> I mean, we were talking about it. Dallas 
having a safety problem has been Dallas for years and they just have had it. And is Landon Collins the long-term answer? Probably not, but he's been around that division. Like you just said, and you know, as good as Dallas has been in the secondary last year, they were 29th in the league in giving up plays of 20 yards or more. Like they are not good. And they, they could use a veteran safety that knows how to play the position and knows the division. So I like the in-division mind meld there, but just a little different. Yeah, maybe if he signs with one of these teams this season, he's got to finish off the NFC East to just make his way around, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. I would love to see it. Let's get a wide receiver in, shall we? Let's mix in one. Uh, one of uh, the slot receivers, a real gritty guy. Let's go Cole Beasley. Where is Cole World going here? Uh, I think a good fit for Cole Beasley I almost said the Pats here, but I was I was bouncing between Trey Flowers. I'm not going to go double Pats here, but, you know, <laughs> you can see why he might be a fit there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think Tennessee. I think Tennessee has got a, a, a big opening now at wide receiver and to have a trustworthy target, you know, get all those targets underneath, good reception, move the chains kind of guy. I think they need some guys in that room. So I think Tennessee, they, they got to make something happen. They're down. They're down A.J. Brown and they're down another guy that we're going to talk about, I think, in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't hate that move. I actually think that's a really, really smart thing because Robert Woods went over there, right? Yep. And then, you know, they've lost so many pieces. So great move. I, I think that would be a good team. I went with Green Bay. I just did the obvious one here. I mean, wide receiver help needed. Uh, if you trust Randall Cobb to continue to yeah. play, like he's old, man. He's really old. Amari Rogers is still coming up at that slot position. They need wide receiver help. And hey, Let's pair up the Knights of Natural Immunity, baby. Let's go Cole Beasley and Aaron Rodgers together. Huh? In- immunization. Yeah, I am immunized. Immunized. Like, come on. Like, that. that's a match made in heaven right there. Give me Cole Beasley on third down. Check down to the uh, to the unvaccinated. Yeah, perfect little out routes. I mean, how many, how many three-yard outs in the red zone are you going to see for touchdowns with those guys? I mean, come on. Love that. Love that. Uh, how about this guy? This, this is a strange one, you know. I think Anthony Barr is a guy who is a dying breed of linebacker, 6'5", 260 pounds, brute force, and has been with the Vikings, has dealt with injuries the last couple of years, but still a real freak of an athlete, isn't he? Where does Anthony Barr fit in the best for you? For me, it's a team that you mentioned needs to add a little bit on defense earlier. I think Dallas Cowboys could could definitely use Anthony Barr in that team. You know, a good, a good veteran presence they've got. They've got Micah Parsons, who is, you know, young stud on his way to being the best linebacker in the league, uh, can do everything. And then, again, you can have a guy and a veteran to come in and, and be in that room with Micah Parsons and, and show him the rope. You know, not show him the ropes. He's got to figure it out pretty well. Mm. But give him that veteran leadership that he could use alongside of him uh, and, and some tenacity on that defense again. And they they do need some some pass rushing help on that team as well. And then I have another team, but I want to see you say him first. If not, I'm going to give it as an honorable mention. It would be amazing if we both hit this together, but I, I don't hate the idea of the Cowboys going there. Dan Quinn, veteran, getting a veteran player in there. Like, I think that would be a good mold. But I went a different route. I went with a team that, again, if you're a team in the AFC West, you need defensive help. I think the Raiders are clearly a team that needs a linebacker help, the one spot they need. And not only that, but he, Patrick Graham, who's their defensive coordinator, was with the Giants. 
but he's a New England guy. He came out of New England. He comes from the New England school of linebackers, big guys that can swallow up running backs. That's what he wants. And not only that, but Barr is like the most comparable guy to Dante Hightower to me. He's like a great pass rushing ability with really good job at stopping the run and, and playing the outside. So I, I think Barr would fit great with the Raiders and just run stop. Just be a big body there because they need him. Their linebacking core is, is a little weak. It wasn't the team I was thinking of. I do like that fit. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think doing my research on Anthony Barr, he's a Cali boy, a team that just is not afraid to throw money around, bring him into the Rams. Maybe he'd take it, you know, at this point in free agency, he, he's going to get, he's not expecting a big contract. You know, those, your value gets lower and lower the longer you sit on the market. So take a hometown discount to really compete to win a championship as well. I, I think that that would make a lot of sense. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I talk about a team that throws money around. Can you imagine that linebacking crew of him and Bobby Wagner? Good night. I, I was literally looking at, like, a cap friendly. That's the hockey one. But whatever so cap side I was looking at, just like, how are they actually doing this with the top heaviness <laughs> of, of Donald, Ramsey, Stafford, Cup? Um, and then you look, and they, the amount of guys they have under a million dollars on, like, you know, like a minimum, a rookie, like – They've got like I think twenty guys that are under a million dollars that they're just signing on on one years and and, and rookie free agent signings and stuff like that uh, in, in compared to some other teams. So they're very top heavy and then just have fill in the gaps with some some budget guys. God, can you imagine being a seventh round pick of the Rams? It's like you have zero shot of getting on that team. It's like impossible. Yeah. Uh, last one here. Let's do it. The the best quarterback of the last best quarterback, the best wide receiver of the last 10 years for me, Julio Jones. I mean, he's been that way, but obviously his best days have are now behind him out of Tennessee. Gosh, I mean, this was a really, really hard decision for me and trying to fit him on a team. Once I took the Packers out of the equation, I was like, man, I, I mean, he could fit there, but I, I just had a hard time with him. I mean, I've, I'm going boring and basic. This was flashing eyes, right? You know, flashing right in front of my eyes. Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan oh. goes there. I mean, they lose. Yeah. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's out now, right? I believe T.Y. Hilton is is done, or is he still? I mean, you can't. I, I wouldn't count on him to play any games with how much he's hurt. You got Michael Pittman. They lose Zach Pascal. They lose some of those other guys. So, Matty Ice comes to town. Why not bring his good old favorite target back to town, Julio Jones? They still have $10 million in cap space. Again, he's also going to have to take a cheaper deal at this point because his, his production has declined. So I think you can get him under the cap. Yeah, I think you probably could. And honestly, you know, move some stuff around. You can get the cap a Bit little lower. Cook the books a little. You get a little signing bonus to, to Matt Ryan or something. I think he'll be okay. But uh, no, I don't hate that. And, and you're matching up two bigger wide receivers uh, with Pittman and Jones. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I only gave him one team, and it's a team that I think is where kind of veteran receivers go to die, unfortunately, but maybe they can, you know, hit one hit wonders. I sent him to Baltimore. I just, it was so mean. I'm like, he's just going to go to a team like, yeah, they're going to be competitive, but it's going to go to a team that's like never throws the ball. And maybe that's the one thing, the one silver lining I took out of it was Baltimore needs something very desperately they need a second red zone target they just don't have one outside of mark andrews and julio jones is you know at least that big body that they can do and i hate it because i'm like man am i designating julio jones to a tight end now like what am i supposed to do with this but i'm going baltimore i just can't you can't can you call julio jones a red zone threat the man that's the worst part of his game he's been horrible at scoring touchdowns for the past five six years uh, who, so else, like, I, who else do you have 
it's Mark Andrews. It's Mark Andrews and Lamar. That's really it. That's it, baby. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's that's so funny. Like I would feel optimistic and like, ooh, Julio Jones on the Colts, like that, like feels good to me. Or like the Packers, like you said, all that Baltimore. Just thinking about him in a purple uniform, like I could just—he's gonna look slow. He's gonna look like yeah. you know Lamar can't find him. It's just gonna like that does feel sad, like a sad ending if he goes there. It's just a rainy, sad place to be. And it's like not, it, it wouldn't be as bad as Des Bryant ending, but it would be, it would be a little tough. Yep. Yeah. Julio run block for the seventh play in a row. <laughs> <laughs> that's your, that's your punishment. Now you're dead. Oh, it's tough. All right. Very good. I like that. I like the, uh, I like the teams, the matchups. I think it would be kind of cool. Hopefully, you know, maybe one of those two, one of those two teams for each of those guys happens. Who knows? Shocked. We actually didn't have any crossover. That was it. That's good. Let's see what we're thinking. That, that close. We were that close. Very close. Come on, Landon Collins, at least go with the NFC East. Uh, Quick news and notes for you. Then we'll get your own. Uh, How about speaking of those Rams? Spending gajillions and gajillions of dollars, like you just said, Aaron Donald restructured his deal, $95 million, uh, making him the only defensive player in the league to make over $30 million, the highest paid non-quarterback ever. Um, And then two days later, they say, hey, Cooper Cup, you want some of this too? Come get this bag. And he gets a five-year, $110 million extension. Look, these are two guys, though, that both deserve it, right? What are you going to do? I mean, like people scoff at how much money they spend, but if they traded them or just let them go, like that's way worse. I mean, you kind of, you're handcuffed by the situation. If the guys perform, they're owed their money. And unless you don't want to be competitive anymore, you got to pay them. So like I said, then you got to move some other things around. We have to keep these guys. So we got to, we got to ship some other pieces off. Uh, I mean, they definitely deserve a best defensive lineman in the league and man almost, you know, best wide receiver last year and Mm -hmm. could be going forward. Super Bowl MVP. We don't like draft picks. Just leave us alone. Hate them. Hate them. Hate them. Just pay for player. Pay for play. I love it. Uh, Matt, how do you feel about the Denver Broncos are now a Walmart brand organization? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I just hate, I, I just, obviously every stadium has like a brand now, but it's just, they stink. Like, it just, and I hate like when we're, they're flipping too much, you know, and then it's like, I don't even, it's just mile high. It's mile high stadium. That's all it is. I don't really care. So the Broncos get sold, uh, bought by the Waltons, who own Walmart, $4.65 billion, which came in a little low, actually. They thought it was going to be at least $5 billion, but they, I think, are number five now on the list of most valuable franchises, uh, at least for what the franchise was sold for. Number five on the list of NFL. Uh, obviously, a great, great fan base. But yeah, Walmart is now uh, the owners of Denver Broncos. Tough. Yeah, there better be merch in every Walmart I go into. There better be Bronco stuff everywhere, Just be, even in Connecticut. Welcome to Walmart. Let's ride. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big John Elway cut out in front of every Walmart now. Every time you enter Walmart, you just hear a giant horse neighing in the background with flames coming up. It would be hilarious. Uh, f- uh, one more thing, too. Uh, Romeo Cornell retiring after 39 years in the NFL as an assistant coach, obviously under Belichick forever with the Giants and with the Patriots, coached a little bit with uh, as a head coach with the Browns and, and then the Chiefs and, and then now finishes up with Houston Texans. So over 40, almost 40 years uh, under with basically coaching with the best coach ever. So rack, it's uh, sayonara and, and, you know, happy retirement to you. Yeah, legend of the game. Time to time to drift off the sunset with a pina colada on the beach somewhere. I bet I bet that that definitely is his is his vibe. No question. Finally, we'll end it with this. 
crazy Aaron Rodgers stat. I don't know if you saw the tweet that I sent out, but I heard this on Sirius XM the other day. Uh, this is banana land to me because it tells me everything I need to know. I, I personally have Aaron Rodgers in my top five quarterbacks of all time, but I think this cements his stat as the most accurate and uh, player of all time or quarterback of all time. Number of seasons with 10 plus interceptions. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Brett Favre, 18. Peyton Manning, 16. John Elway, 16. Drew Brees, 14. Dan Marino, 14. Tom Brady, 12. You know how many Aaron Rodgers has? Tell me. Two. That's it. I guess. That's it, I guess, too. Was that was going to be your guess? Yeah. And not just two. He also has five seasons of five interceptions or less. I don't care what anybody says. Aaron Rodgers is without a question at least a top five, maybe even top three wide receiver of all, or quarterback of all time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's undeniable. I, again, I don't think, obviously, see how many he finishes with his career, if he can rack up another Super Bowl, like if that counts. But again, if you take Super Bowls out of it and you look at the play on the field, even more so, that helps Rodgers' case if you take away all the championships. Just a mind-numbing stat, especially Drew Brees at 14. I was, that was sh- shocking. Very shocking. Very, very shocking. Brady even with 12, but Aaron Rodgers just two seasons. That is absolutely insane. Uh, okay, let's get to it. Positional rankings, here we go. This is the AFC Norris division. And obviously, you know, at the quarterback spot, Maddie, um, this is a hard one with the top two because, you know, to me, obviously, you know, there are circumstances with Cleveland, but with the top two, it's like Joe Burrow. He's a Super Bowl quarterback, got his team in the Super Bowl. Lamar's a former MVP. Uh, the Steelers are kind of in limbo with who they have. I mean, how? what was the order for you? I mean, this is this was kind of, you know, very preferential. Yeah, I, I think the more I thought about it, it was a little cut and dry. And I, I texted you, I was like, how, how are we handling this Deshaun thing? Obviously, a lot more stuff coming out about his, his civil his 24 civil suits that he has going on now. So uh, not necessarily looking good for him. Put them at the bottom just by default because yeah. it's it, Watson, who might get suspended or arrested. Mayfield is not <laughs> going to play for them. Just the amount of drama that's going on that brings that quarterback room down. So uh, third on the list, also have to put Pittsburgh, Mitch, Mitch and Kenny. I mean, a little bit better than the, just the dumpster fire that's happening in Cleveland. I did have Lamar second, and I had Joe Burrow first because – I want someone who could throw the football at my quarterback position. So that is my, that is very preferential. You said very preferential. I prefer someone who could throw the ball for, to lead the league in the NFL and passing. Wow. That was, that was a little, a little sus there for, for, for Lamar. That was tough. I I like Lamar. I I do, but Mm. I mean, he doesn't throw the football a lot or entirely accurately. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I like that. Uh, I have the same list, same list, same order. So, I mean, to me, uh, you know, I put Burrow ahead of Lamar. Obviously we're all big Burrow guys here. Uh, but when you can backpack your team and, and have that, and obviously maybe not backpack, it's a little bit strong with Jamar Chase on the team, but you know, I, I think that there was a lot that he just changed an entire franchise basically. And from where the Ravens were to where Lamar is, I think this is again, that there's a reason why the Ravens are not, are not um, are not signing him so far. I mean, he's fifth year. There's going to be a fifth year, you know, 
on his contract that they may not sign him long-term. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I went Burrow over Lamar. Obviously I like that uh, Mitch and Kenny. It sounds like a Nickelodeon show. Uh, so that'll, we'll find out what happens down in Pittsburgh there with them. And obviously Mason Rudolph backing them up. And I just wrote WTF Browns. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is just the dumbest story of all time and the stupidest like move possibly by any team ever. Uh, with $240 million guaranteed on the books. So Jacoby Brissett looks like the team might be yours this year. Yeah, I mean, to, to give up all they did, pay him the money, I mean, it's like that's just a heavy investment for someone who is in the middle of a very serious uh, civil suit, few civil suits here, just a few. Yeah. Just, just a few, 24, now 66 women uh, apparently hired in the last 17 months, like totally just nuts. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but we can't. We can't put the Browns anywhere on this list until we know. Uh, let's go running backs, though. Uh, I'll start on this one for me. Uh, this was pretty not cut and dry. There's a lot of good top running backs on this list. Like the number one running backs on each team are really, really solid. But the rooms are what do it for me or why I have this the way it is. I do have the Browns number one on this list, though. I will say Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt put me over the top. Just one, two there. Dearness Johnson got a lot of time as well last year. Plus running behind that O-line, it was fantastic. I mean, that's that's a solid place to be. Uh, Demetric Felton is going to be the pass catcher. And then Jerome Ford, who they drafted out of Pittsburgh. Number two, I went, I went Baltimore. Just simply on the idea that Baltimore runs the ball more effectively than anybody in the league, obviously. And, you know, contingency again with Lamar being a kind of a, another running back there. But J.K. Dobbins, if he is healthy, is one of the best run best young running backs in all football. Gus Edwards, they add Mike Davis in the offseason, who is, you know, a good guy to have in the room as as at least to take some snaps and carries. And then Justice Hill is going to be your, your gadget guy. Followed by the Bengals and Joe Mixon and Samaj Pirine there. I love Najee Harris, but my my issue is there's nobody behind him. I'm Benny Snell. Is just not going to get it done. So, you know, the combination of Mixon and Pirine, um, it, it just overwhelms me. So I want Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, one through four. Okay, pretty close here. Again, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to put Cleveland at the top. I mean, Chubb and Hunt has to be maybe the best two running backs as far as on the team in the, across the entire league, what they've done uh, mm -hmm. their years together. You know, they really complement each other well with just their, their styles as well. Uh, and then for me, I, I had Cincinnati above Baltimore just because of, again, J.K. Dobbins, the hype around him, you know, and, and the potential. We haven't really seen, I don't know how many games he's actually played in the NFL. If I look back, I mean, he's probably only got a dozen games under his belt. So mm -hmm. I think Joe Mixon, after last year, seeing what he can really do in a good offense now and a good quarterback, he's able to be a bell cow. Um, and I think Samaji Pirine was was actually, you know, fairly serviceable. And I, and I don't hate Chris Evans as well as, as again, just a, a gadget guy, third down back when Mixon finally has to come off the field. Baltimore third. Uh, again, I, I love the potential of Dobbins. I'm, I was heavily invested in fancy last year. Didn't work out so well. Maybe again this year. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Gus bus. And then, I mean, Mike Davis felt like he deserved, he belonged on last year's Raven teams with uh, with Le'Veon Bell and, and Devonta Freeman. I mean, guys that should uh, no longer be in the NFL. And oh. I, I, I agree with you at Pittsburgh last. Um, and again, because Najee, Najee's good. He had good numbers as far as yards, but three, you know, one of those top few, I was looking at rushing leaders last year. One of the few guys, I think the only guy in the top 10 with less than four yards per carry on that. He just got a ridiculous amount of volume because they had a quarterback that was limping around back there and in a wheelchair <laughs> half the time. So 
you know, wasn't necessarily an efficient runner, was a volume runner. And then again, Benny Snell, the slowest running back in the league. So uh, just subtraction by addition there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me how you really feel. That was a good one. Okay, excellent. So, so far, just one disagreement on the board. So much different than last week. So we're, we're looking good on this one. Uh, I may think that we may have a disagreement here on pass catchers. We'll see. We may not. Really? I'll see. I mean, I don't think that. I know, I know what you do. I know what you're going to do. Go ahead. I don't think I'm out of order with this, but, but here we go. I, I, you know, actually, you know, I'll let you go first since I just went first. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep going back and forth. Uh, this one, I think clear cut number one is Cincinnati. I mm-hmm. mean, the three big guns at wide receiver, Chase Higgins, Boyd, all do different things, all different styles, all, you know, do what they do very well. And they had Hayden Hurst this year to fill in for uh, CJ Uzoma. So uh, solid tight end as well to go along with it. I have Pittsburgh number two. Uh, I, I think that Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are still good enough. Obviously, you know, Juju's out of town now uh, over in Kansas City, but uh, his ending there was not so great anyway. More focused on the TikToks. But uh, Claypool, again, is another guy he needs to maybe get his head out of the clouds. Who knows? Maybe that helps a little bit with uh, this fellow TikTok star being gone. Uh, but, you know, talent off the charts, what he did in his rookie year and what he busted on the scene with his explosiveness is something. And Deontay Johnson's a, a solid wide receiver as well as Fryerbooth. I, I like Pat Fryerbooth a lot. I think that he had a, a really good, you know, really good season last year. This is where I got a little bit close here with these last two. I have Cleveland at third, Baltimore fourth. Uh, Cleveland won it over. They don't have a ton of talent, obviously, they, but they bring in Amari Cooper. They've got a, a certified number one in the league, like a guy that's kind of proven it over the years that he's a number one. Uh, and then and then our man, Donovan, the Peoples Jones, uh, uh, there in the second spot. So Baltimore, yes, there's potential there on everybody. Oh. Rashad Bateman, and then you've got Mark Andrews. That's I didn't feel like disrespecting Mark Andrews, but if you're going to give me a number one wide receiver or – a tight end. I mean, you, you just need a wide receiver. I feel like, so uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore. All right. So we're pretty close. We're pretty close. Uh, obviously I took Cincinnati number one. I don't think there's an argument there. My argument's actually at number two. I, I'm, I'm going to take Cleveland over yeah. Pittsburgh. And here's the reason why, you know, I like Deontay Johnson and what he did last year. My question is, you know, he's improving from the previous year, which he had all those drops and everything. And he kind of proved a lot of people wrong. Can we get Claypool and Johnson to play together well? Like I, I just I, I, that that needs to happen. And and now, like, what are we doing on offense here? Like, what do we do? What's the what's the direction that they're going to go now with the quarterback situation? Obviously, being the way it is, and we're trying to separate that from this. But you know, it's a factor in the sense that you know, are these guys going to be progressing? Young dudes in a new offense with more young dudes playing quarterback. Um, I didn't really love George Pickens that much. I know a lot of people did as their as their draft pick, but you know I do think that the Browns have a lot of speed. They have Jakeem Grant and Anthony Schwartz behind Cooper and behind Peoples Jones, um, and then they have Njoku and Bryant, who I think are better options, honestly, at tight end than than Pat Fryermuth and whoever else is playing in Pittsburgh. So you know, to those two guys, to me, I think you know also add a level of pass catching ability uh with the cleveland team um then i went pittsburgh number three obviously uh you know as we just talked about i do like a lot of their young players i i like like you know calvin austin the third i think will be a fun little gadget player and who knows if pickens can pop off but you know i, I do like fryer uh to eventually be there and then I, i'm sorry baltimore just has no one 
I mean, Baltimore has no one here to, to, to play. So, you know, Bateman, Duvernay, Proche, Wallace, all great college receivers, but it's got to translate to the National Football League. Mark Andrews is your best pass catcher. Right, yeah. It's, I, I had a feeling that's, I knew you were going to downgrade Pittsburgh from where I had them at as, as far as mm-hmm. having the disagreement. Because I just know that you, you've, had a, you've had a little scuttlebutt with the Pittsburgh wide receivers over the past couple of years. You, don't, you didn't love them that much. But, you know, I've seen a new quarterback situation in town. Um, and, then, yeah, like you said, Mark Andrews is on island out there as far as yeah. kept trying to catch the ball. So exactly. that's about it. All right, let's move on to defense because this is one that I think every single team here I think you can make a case that they deserve to be at number one. I really do believe that, especially based on last year performances, based on the coaching that they're getting, based on the depth of the positions, especially, again, very similar to last week, the AFC East, the defensive line position. Plus, we see a lot of good secondary players. I mean, a lot of good secondaries. I mean, each each of these teams has great secondary player. I mean, look at – Mika Fitzpatrick, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, uh, Jesse Bates, Denzel Ward. Like you're seeing so many good secondary pieces here. I had to separate it into three separate categories to finally find what I needed to find, Matt. And, and so this is where I'm going here. I think we'll both have the same defense. I think Baltimore is at the top of my list. I just think that they're the deepest in terms of, first off, the defensive line. I mean, the defensive line alone that does it for me. I mean, you look at how deep these guys are seven to eight guys deep. You're Calais Campbell. It's a hall of famer. Michael Pierce signing uh, to have him come back. Matt Abuke, uh, Adafe Owe. They have Derek Wolf backing these guys up drafting Travis Jones. I really like what this group is doing. Obviously I think they're going to need to see more out of Patrick queen this year than they, than they had previously seen at the linebacker position. But then you go to their secondary. I mean, holy cow, they are loaded. You're talking Marcus Peters, Kyle Fuller, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark. I mean, we are adding Kyle Hamilton, the Armour Davis kid from from Alabama. I mean, this team is completely loaded. So I really like Baltimore at number one. I want Cincinnati number two. I think that they are at least the most consistent last year. Um, You know, in terms of kind of the way and the style that they played. I really like their linebacking core and their front seven. I thought Logan Wilson had, you know, people forget, but Logan Wilson probably had one of the best games of his life in the Super Bowl against the Rams. Uh, he was incredible. And then you have some really good guys in the D-line. Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, who was hurt last year, is now back. Trey Hendrickson. I mean, you have some some solid dudes there. Can they get production out of these veteran corners? Like they're a year older now. Like uh, Awuzie is a year older. Mike Hilton's a year older. Eli Apple's a year older. Can they continue to play the way that they played last year? And I think Jesse Bates is going to be a guy that they're going to have to pay a lot of money to. He's he's so solid. So really like them at number two. I went Pittsburgh number three. And, and the reason being, I think, is really none other than they are just so, so good. Um, again, the front seven. Like, yes, their secondary is a little bit to be desired. Outside of Mika Fitzpatrick, there's a little bit to be desired there. But you look at that front seven, uh, you look at guys like Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, Devin Bush, Miles Jack coming over. Alex Highsmith had a good year last year. Um, You know, they just have a lot of real good talent uh, that's played together. So I really like them. And for me, it's Cleveland at number four. I just, you know, to me, I think the reason being is, 
you know, yeah, you got maybe the best player on defense in this division in Miles Garrett. That could very well be a possibility. And you got a really good corner in Denzel Ward. But I think everywhere else, it's going to have to be answered questions for this team. Secondaries has to be answered questions. Um, you know, where are we at, Jadavion Clowney? Are we actually going to, you know, be the guy that everybody thinks you can be? Like, there's still time for that to happen. And then on top of that, they're just not deep at any of these positions. So I'm going to go Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. We have the same list, believe it or not. And, and something that was super tight. I actually, but I, I, again, I think all your points were super valid. Again, Baltimore jumped off the page to me to be number one. I know you said the other ones did have a case, you know, I, they had to give a hard look at Pittsburgh, but again, I think that their secondary is definitely missing some pieces. Uh, and then I almost had Cleveland a little bit higher ranked. And I think it was just miles Garrett kind of blinding me like, but you said, I, I totally agree. It feels like the rest of those positions outside of Garrett and Ward, it's just, it kind of just replacement level. Like we could just, we could see a lot of different guys starting in those spots this year, not even due to injury just for, they're not working out. We got to go to the next guy because, and you know, it feels like they're a little bit replacement level for that. And, um, and again, Cincinnati, like I said, I think I love the addition to Daxton Hill, uh, you know, yeah. another kind of like another kind of roaming kind of player they could have back there along with uh, Bates who, you know, they definitely popped onto the scene last year with the year that they had the year he had uh, with their deep run. So I think people respect him now as, as being a top safety in the league. So, uh, but like I said, hopefully those D linemen, that D line is, is a little bit older, especially, you know, guys like Trey Hendrickson, you know, can they keep getting home as much as they were getting home last year? Yeah, it's a good point. One of the things about Baltimore, uh, obviously, and, you know, I think we've talked about a little bit is just their injuries. Their, se- their secondary was so banged up. 32nd in the league last year in defensive yards per attempt. 32nd in plays of 20 yards or more. I mean, they were just really just had a tough time last year defending the deep ball. That was a real problem for them. Uh, I think now this year with all that veteran talent and not just veteran talent, but just talent in general, it's very talented, very aggressive team. That's going to be good for Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be more so, Hey, yeah, their secondary is stuff to be desired. They got to be better in the run game. I mean, they just got trampled last year in the run game. So I mean, Miles Jack and Devin Bush, I do really like them. I like Alex Highsmith. I like Spillane. I like I like some of those pieces they have, but they got to be better up front. They, they can get to the quarterback, but when people run on them, uh, you know, that's where you that's where Pittsburgh can be had and you could control a game against them. So um, and that's why Baltimore has had a lot of success as well against them. As, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if Pittsburgh can can up the ante. And I, I like your point about Cincinnati, too. Can Cincinnati? A year older. Now people are coming for you. You're the hunter, not the hunt. You're the hunted, not the hunter. You know, I mean, it's going to be kind of interesting for them. So interesting uh, looks on defense there. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised actually now I'm looking about it as we're looking around. It feels like everybody's a little weak at, at linebacker. Again, some have some young talent. Uh, well, as far as with the middle linebacker, excluding guys like T.J. Watt. Uh, out, outside of uh, Cleveland, who they've got, Anthony Walker and, and our man J.O.K. But um, it does feel like a lot of these teams could could use a little bit of help up the middle. Uh, and again, you know, Miles Jack got to be, I mean, maybe his numbers were just down last year because he was, he was in a depleted Jacksonville and he's just the only guy trying to tackle anybody out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I definitely, I, I love Patrick Queen so much and I just want him to be a little bit more yeah. well-rounded. He's, he makes explosive plays at times, but at times he is just not positionally where he needs to be. Yeah, Patrick Queen is, is like, you know, I talk about it all the time with uh, for the Patriots, Kyle Duggar. Like Kyle Duggar just needs to trust himself and he'll be a star. Patrick Queen just needs to trust himself and he'll mm-hmm. be a star. He can be Micah Parsons. Like he really can be that good. 
Um, but the thing for Baltimore that they got going is they're great against the run too. So they, they were good against it last year. And it's really, they just needed secondary help. And the beefiest defensive line you can ask for. Just, <laughs> fill, just filling in gaps with love handles is what we're doing here. Oh man. Uh, Calais Campbell just coming off the bus. is just a scary dude. Uh, finally coaching. Um, and again, this is probably the hardest category because 100%. you, you, you got, I think we mentioned this earlier in the year. Harbaugh and Tomlin feel like they're like just kind of neck and neck. They're Super Bowl winning coaches. They get their teams to play really, really well, but they haven't won in forever. And then you've got Stefanski, who's been a coach of the year. You've got Taylor, who's now coached a team to a Super Bowl. Gosh, like, you know, are we going with the future? Are we going with the experience? What are we doing? Let's talk through this one together because this one's hard. I feel like because, again, whoever you like. It felt wrong putting any of these guys at number four. Like I was just trying to flip, and it just felt disrespectful. Someone's got to be last, right? Mm-hmm. Number one for me, I, I, I did put I put Harbaugh. I, I have Baltimore okay. Harbaugh. I just I don't know. I always end up trusting them, especially in, in tight games. Uh, and, and I went with the leadership there uh, and, and the veteran presence. The guys that get it done year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that these they've been locked up long term for their teams. They're not bouncing around. Like they're reliable. So I had to go with Harbaugh for that one. Veteran for you. Yeah, I'm Harbaugh number, number one. one. Yeah, Harbaugh's okay. number one. I, and okay. not just Harbaugh, but you you mentioned it last week with some of the coaches that are behind him. I know they lost Wink Martindale, but mm-hmm. if I look at Mike McDonald, he was, he's been there as, as an assistant for a long time, went to coach Michigan last year and coached the best defense that they've ever had. Right. And, and now he's back in Baltimore. So, you know, I, I'm not – I'm not as concerned about Baltimore's defense as I once was. Mm-hmm. It's it, and they believe in what they do. Like Greg Roman, like right. and that offense, like it may be unconventional, but they are exactly who they are. And you know, every time you play Baltimore, you're going to get punched in the mouth. And can you withstand it? That's that's the way it is. Right. They know how to build. They they work towards what they have. They don't try and force the issue with anything. They they work no. with what they've got. Number two. Again, if we if we I think we both are there. Then if we said that they're neck and neck as far as their their status, I have to have Tomlin. Yeah. Man's never had a losing season. He just knows how to get the guys up when they're dogs. We will still be betting Tomlin dogs this year. Yep. It's, it's an absolute <laughs> lock on that. Uh, you got to just take again the the players coach, the, the, the maybe the biggest players coach of around the league mm-hmm. uh, that actually wins. I should say <laughs> biggest players coach that actually has some success in his history is, yeah. is Mike Tomlin. There's a reason why he is where he is, you know, I mean, like you can say all you want about oh, inheriting Bill Cowher's team. That's why he's a Super Bowl champion. Like, you know, it, it, he also got another team to a Super Bowl after that, and maybe they didn't win it, but they've been in AFC championship games. Like they've been in position to win. So, you know, and, and they've been in the playoffs almost every year. Like did any, did they have any business being in the playoffs last year? None. I think they proved that in the playoff game. <laughs> None. I mean, oh my gosh, they had a, wheelchaired Ben Roethlisberger playing in the playoffs last year. That's incredible that they made the playoffs. Um, you know, it, it, that's, that's really, you know, I, I would have to go Harbaugh and Tomlin one, two. Now I want to hear what you got here. Cause this is like, Oh, this is really hard with Taylor and, and Stefanski, man. It's tough. I was just going to punt to you on this one, but you punted first. You, 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 you won the coin toss. So <laughs> you got to defer. Uh, I had to go recency bias, Zach Taylor. I know okay. as much as we, we used to, you know, we were ragging on him a couple years ago and, and, and yeah, but he got to see him in the Super Bowl. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Stefanski now seems like more of a question mark with, with maybe being 
what felt like a little stubborn last year with the whole Baker Mayfield situation, how he managed it. And he let him play, you know, forcing him to play, you know, not forcing him, sorry, but like forcing the issue, having Baker in there instead of just pulling him because the quarterback said he wants to play. Yeah. Every football player says he wants to play, hmm. like take him out, make the head coach, make the call. Um, yeah, I just wonder if feels like Stefanski's already losing a little luster. And again, maybe it's just with all the other things going around in, in, in Cleveland, but much rather take Zach Taylor at this point on the up and up. I would say this organizationally from that standpoint, I look at Zach Taylor and say, Zach Taylor's dealing with a lot of guys with big egos. No question. I mean, if you're dealing with Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow is a great quarterback because he believes that he is the best player out there. Like you have to be a little bit of an egomaniac to play the position. Like there's no question about that. Baker Mayfield feels that way too. They don't handle Baker Mayfield the same way they handle Joe Burrow, do they? And, and maybe Baker's a little more loud about it. But, you know, if you think about it, I mean, he puts up the numbers. And to be quite honest with you, like Stefanski got, the I think, the most out of that team two years ago, or not last year, but the year before. Mm-hmm. And, and last year, just dealing with it. I mean, I was, suck, I was sucked right into it. I mean, but, you know, to me, the idea that the organization will move forward with, with this decision at quarterback he has to be a part of that decision. He's the, he's not just the coach, but he's the, running the offense. And then, you know, to have that be the decision. Plus I look at Cincinnati's coaches in the coaching room and I actually like them more. Like I like the Lou Anarumo defense more than like a Joe Woods or, you know, Alex Van Pelt helping out with the, as the OC with Stefanski. I just think it's more structured. It's a little bit more hands-off. They let the players be who they are. And I think they run it better. So I'll go Cincinnati, Cleveland, too. We're, we're right on a button. As what I thought were the hardest two to weigh are the ones that we are similar on. So we just got maybe we just we, we relied on our morals there and our, and our history and our foundations to, to get us to where we got. Principles. 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 Let's go. I love it. OK, cool, man. I mean, that was a fun division to do. It was cool to go through it and. And kind of go tip for tat and a lot of this. I think we have a lot of information from last year and like going through the free agency market and seeing that. I feel like we're really, you know, solidly understand like this division and and, and the impact of it. I still don't know. I, and somebody made a good point today, actually. If you are betting this division, the Browns are still like plus 200 to win this division. And we do not know if they have a quarterback. Like, I, I think if you're doing that, like you got to bet somebody below them, like right away, or like the Ravens, if you want them, like it's a good price. Like the Browns, there's a good chance that Deshaun Watson does not play this year. And you know for certain that Baker Mayfield's not going to play for them this year. So if it's me, like I know the Browns over under number isn't open, but like if you can find, you know, a division winner on a team right now with the Browns being where they are, I, I think there's value in that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is the one, this division feels like you just take whoever has the longest odds and you bet it because yeah. it kind of feels like even, you know, again, I, I imagine Cincinnati is the favorite right now coming out or maybe even Baltimore is actually the favorite, probably even, I don't even know where it's at, mm. and, and, but you could see Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's going to be either Mitch or rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, but again, they got there. They got to the playoffs last year with Ben Roethlisberger. I think either of those guys are going to be an improvement, maybe not running the offense, not knowing where these guys are going to be. And they got to build those connections uh, as far as with the coaching and, and the wide receivers and all, but uh, the defense is able to elevate that team, you know, to, to greater heights as we saw last season. Yeah, no, no question about it. I, I, as, if I, 
remembered correctly, uh, I saw that the Browns were plus 200. Yeah, Browns are plus 250. Ravens plus 200. Bengals plus 200. Steelers plus like 900 here from what I'm seeing from a couple of different sides. And that's depending on what book you're, you're at as well. So there's a lot out. I mean, if you're getting the Ravens at plus 200 right now, with the Browns taking up all that money, I mean, that, that's pretty good to me. Yeah, that does seem like a bet potentially to be made. Yeah, we'll see. Take them as they come, ladies and gentlemen. Take them as they come. Okay, that's it. That's it and that's all. Uh, we'll do the AFC South next week and get into it. Uh, one of the more garbage divisions in football, but we will see. Who is the we're going to fun with that quarterback list. I'll tell you that. We're going to fun with that quarterback list. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. That's going to be a lot of digging through the trash to figure oh. out who we're, who we're putting where. Oh, I mean, sorry, Davis Mills, but I mean, we are, it's going to be a fun list to do. I'm excited. Uh, go blue shirts, man. Uh, let's, let's get one and, and get back to Tampa and have a chance to wrap it up. Get, get back to leading this series, get back to playing ahead. Uh, I just want to see a goal in the first five minutes tonight. I want this. I want these teams. They got to come out flying. I guess so they looked flat for 60 minutes on game four. So I just want to see them winning some puff battles, getting into the corners, get a little dirty, and and just snapping the puck around again like we were. Well, if we know one thing, there is no quit in New York. Baby. Here we go. Here we that's, go. That's a fact. That's a fact. Put it in writing. Uh, we'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, I'm Dan Zapata. We thank you for listening to the Sunday Card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co-hosted by Matt Silbert, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.